This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey, this is Chris Liss, and you are listening to A Real Man Would with me and Dalton Del Don of Yahoo Sports. What's up, Dalton? You got anything before we... Jump into these games? Um, not too much. Kind of a rough week one for me. Uh, we both lost uh, Survivor. Obviously, the Thursday night game was just just crazy. Felt, I mean, they were up basically 14 nothing when Gronk catches that touchdown. I was like, this is easy. And then, man, he ended up getting just totally destroyed in the fourth quarter. We didn't have a very good week against spread. We went 2-3 and three in the Super Contest. Uh, I didn't have the best fantasy week. Um, and, and Stopa... I, uh, I need a running back, and I um, I, uh, I bid $76 on Tariq Cohen, and he goes for $77. So it's just uh, it was just kind of a frustrating week one. Yeah, do you have any David Johnson shares? Yeah, so I'm in 16 leagues, I believe, and I have one share of him uh, and, and not a huge money league. So that, that wasn't a killer as it could have been uh, for others. Yeah, that survivor thing was brutal. I mean, I never – I didn't like the Steelers on the road, and I didn't like – the Bills, and I don't regret that. Like, those two, you know, I watched some of those games. Those were not slam dunks. Those were sketchy no. teams. The Patriots obviously lost, but, you know, from what I thought about the Patriots and Chiefs before that game, I would have taken that over what I saw in the Bills and the, uh, and the Steelers games. But where I kind of screwed up, and I wrote about this at length, is that I had the Rams winning 24-6. to We used them as one of our two right uh, Hilton contest picks. And that was just obviously the right pick. And th- the only reason I didn't consider them is the line was three and a half. It wasn't even six or seven. Those other lines were like eight and a half. And I really took myself to task for being such a nutless monkey and letting like whatever the public thinks or whatever the lines, odds makers think influence like who I think would win. Like if that line were eight, I would have taken the Rams. It was just that the line was three, three and a half or whatever it was. And I didn't even consider it. Totally agree. Um, yeah, that's one of the easier ones. That I mean, we we slam dunk used it in the Hilton contest. I I, I, I use them everywhere in DFS. The Rams defense and uh, Gurley. I, I felt really confident. And you're totally right. It's just that Vegas. If that line had been eight and a half, I probably would have used them in Survivor. So I'm exactly in lockstep with you here. So that is it. That is very annoying and, and frustrating. Because yeah, why was that spread only three and a half? But uh, yeah, I totally agree. And that's just uh, ugh, just very very annoyed with it all i mean it's not like this spread changes what happens in the game i mean it may have an influence the players know they're underdogs or something but i mean there's no 
demonstrable effect that a 10-point favorite Rams or a 3-point favorite Rams has any effect on the game. So we're basically just saying, yeah, this is the team I would take, but because other people don't seem to think that, I'm not going to take it. It's totally cowardly. Like, I'm out for the year in three out of my four pools and looking like an idiot on the site or writing the column uh, because I was like, oh, no, the Vegas line says I can't take this. Like, it, it, the, I let the Vegas lines be the framework of what's permissible to take. And then why would I do that? Why would somebody let some other thing dictate, some algorithm or some other mechanism dictate that? Well, you do it so you don't look stupid. I mean, if you just trusted yourself without looking at the lines, you would be at least true to your own observations, but you might look really stupid if you took a three-point favorite when there was a 10-point favorite available and that three-point favorite lost. So it's really just ass-covering is why we use these things. I'm not saying you shouldn't use the bigger favorite. Normally, you're going to agree with Vegas, and it's not an issue. But in a case where there's actually a conflict, I'm no longer am I just narrowing it down. Like, if I actually think, if I actually have the margin of victory bigger, which I did in beating the book, my biggest margin of victory last week was 24 to 6 Rams, I'm just going to take it next time. That was, that was, that was definitely on the nutless monkey end of the spectrum. Yeah, a real man would have, uh, would have done that. Of but course. I mean, the thing is, is, is Vegas is, is typically really good. I mean, they know what they're doing. That that's just the thing. Is just like, well, if they are that, you know, they. It's very different. Three and a half point spread than an eight and a half. I mean, the money line must, you know, between those two teams must have been very, very uh, discrepancy must have been pretty big. So, you know, typically they're they're good at what they do. So no, but they're not. They're not typically good at what they do. They are good on average, right? So, like over right. time, as many right. overs as unders come in, over time, both sides hit. But in a given game, they're totally wrong all the time. I mean, the Patriots were eight-and-a-half-point favorites. They lost by 15. Now, yeah. there's noise in that game, right? I mean, there's luck. It goes back and forth. But let's just say that, you know, it looked to me like the Chiefs were the better team that day. But let's just say that I think we could both agree that the Patriots are not quite as good as we thought they were before Thursday. And the Chiefs, at least when Eric Berry was healthy, which he was for most of that game, were better than we thought they were, right? That that line was wrong. That that was not the right price for that game. Yeah, you talked me into lowering uh, Gillisley, and he looks like he's going to score 25 touchdowns this year, by the way. Well, we'll see. I mean, Brandon Cooks had two goal line pass interferences, and yeah. so we got two easy touchdowns. Now, Blunt all year did that. He benefited. They had a lot of pass interference near the goal line, and when that happens, that's an easy touchdown for the hammer running back. But I think there's going to be games where he's kind of quiet. I mean, he may end up with 15 touchdowns by the end of the year, the same way Blunt had 18, but, you know. Yeah. Well, he already has three, so. <laughs> right, I would he just say needs 12 he... more. Yeah, he's the favorite right now. Yeah, and um, Burkhead, come on, the Burkhead noise, give me a break. Yeah, well, I, wasn't, I wasn't on any of that. I, I, just, I just didn't know, basically. Um, and I thought Gillislee was, I still think Gillislee's on thin ice, though. He didn't look good. He got stuffed on two fourth downs. Yeah. And he fumbles once or misses a block once. I mean. Who knows? I'm not so. I'm still not sold that Gillisley is definitely the guy. He got the touchdowns. I, I think. I think what we found out, which is that if he is the guy, and for now he's the guy, he will get a lot of touchdowns. I think we can say that safely. Right. Another um, guy you didn't like is uh, Tyreek Hill. Yeah, but uh, I will go into that in a second too. But I wanted to back up about Vegas, and this is uh, the, the guy Nassim Tlaib, who I talk about a bit, makes this point about averages not being a good barometer for individual situations. So I, I wrote this in my column. I said, well, you know, to say, well, Vegas on average is very good, but in a particular game, they're often way off. is like an amusement park that says you have to be over five feet not to fall out of the roller coaster, right? You have to be a certain height to be safe on this ride. 
And instead of measuring every single person above five feet, they just had an average of five and a half feet for the year. Like everybody on average was five and a half feet. There'd be a lot of blood on their hands. There'd be a lot of deaths if they just maintained an average that was, was six inches higher than the, than the amount that you needed to be. And, and I think that, like, that's kind of what you're doing when you trust Vegas. You're saying, on average, Vegas is good. So in this game, I'll just take the team with the biggest line. Well, in this one instance, you just fell out of the roller coaster, right? I mean, you, you thought it was safe, but it wasn't. Right. No, that makes sense. So go ahead. What do you, what do you want to talk about? Well, I was going to give you a hard time because I know two specific guys you were down on were Gillis Lee and, and Tyreek Hill. And in that game, boy, they okay. – well, so, I guess so I mean, Gillis Lee Gillis Lee sucked. He just happened to get the carries. But uh, that's part of the gig. I mean, he remains on the Patriots this week too, you know. And I mean, that, that's, that's part of the, the reason. Oh, he hasn't been released yet? I thought he'd be released no, after getting stuff twice. I don't think so. Not yet, okay. no. So Hill, okay, had something like – he was like six for 30 or something. And then he had one play where – the f- defender fell down, and there was literally nobody covering him. And Alex Smith threw a perfect pass, and he caught it, and he's very fast, and he's kept running. That was basically his entire day. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that's the thing. He's, he's really fast. I mean, yeah, he, but, like, he, but Chris Hogan would have done the same thing, or Chris Conley, or whoever on that play. Right, yeah. Or, no, I mean, I don't understand the blown coverage. A nutless but, monkey could have scored a touchdown on that. Yeah. So I'm not saying Hill won't be good, and he does look so fast. I mean... They were doing all those graphics. Like, I didn't realize. Like, I knew that he was crazy fast, but like, he's like world-class fast. Olympian. Yeah, that was in yeah. high school, too, when they were showing that. Right, That's he, the crazy right. he's yeah. a monster, right? And he had like, some off-the-field stuff where there's like domestic abuse. and So he wasn't, his stock was lower, and, and now, I mean, he looks really good. But let's just see because, again, the argument against him was, is he Cordero Patterson or is he Antonio Brown? And Cordero Patterson probably, he might have dropped that pass, actually. But he could, he could make that one straight-ahead play with nobody on him. So I, I, think, I think that's still an open question. But certainly I'm, I'm less dismissive of Tyreek Hill. Uh, another guy, you're not even realizing, I was not dismissive, but I was skeptical of Kareem Hunt. Everyone was taking Kareem Hunt in the NFFC in like 2.2. This one woman who's a, a really good player, Jules McLean, she's won like a, a bunch of their leagues and stuff. She took him at like 2-2, and someone said, oh, well, you know, Jules McClain took him. And I was like on the radio saying, yeah, whatever. I'm not like a big appeal to authority person. Oh, a, a good player did this. So what? Everybody makes mistakes. And in my opinion, I was like, Hunt's getting hyped up because Andy Reid's had so much success out of guys like McCoy and Brian Westbrook, but, you know, Jamal Charles. But those are like Hall of Famers. I'm like, the odds that this rookie who didn't even win the job, he's only got the job because Ware's hurt, is that good. And they're like, well, they traded up to get him. I'm like, well... They traded up into the third round. It's not like they traded up to get, to get him in the first round or something. It's not like there's there are many running backs drafted in the first round, and those right. guys, nobody's going that crazy for them. So I, I was skeptical, but, man, he looked really, really good. And he, he looked like Marshall Falk or somebody. I mean, and then with Reed's usage of those guys and the way he knows how to use those running backs that have that skill set, I mean, Hunt has to be, now that Johnson's out, it's like Zeke, Lev Bell, and Kareem Hunt are the top three. So crazy, but I'm with you. Yeah, in that system, and, and love that Reed just went right back to him after losing the fumble on his first career touch, and he catched the ball. He just passed the eye test. He was finishing off his runs. Yeah, he looks like he's going to be an absolute monster. Yeah, he looked really good. It's funny, too, because right after he fumbled, and I was, I, again, I wasn't saying he can't be good. I was just saying I'm not taking the second round. And after the fumble, I said, Kareem Hunt era was awesome. And I don't think I've ever had a tweet retweeted and liked more than that tweet not only in the immediate moment but like like hundreds of times after he went crazy 
Like either because people <laughs> knew I was joking and thought it was hilarious or they misunderstood the word awesome era, like thinking I was being, you know, not sarcastic or right. they were just totally mocking me. You know, those, all three of those things at once were happening. And so, I mean, I, I could not believe how many times, like even in like the third and fourth quarter, that tweet, which I tweeted in like, you know, right when he fumbled in the first quarter was getting more and more mentions. That's funny. That's funny. Anything else jump out at you week one? Um, I just think it's funny that like Mike Doria, it's so, so sad for him, but he kept trying to trade me Darren McFadden because I'm the Zeke owner in the stake league. And I totally fucked up the stake league auction. Like I, I was getting vindictive. I wasn't like sticking to my discipline. I was buying players I didn't really need. I was just totally doing stupid shit. And I wrote up the column, like I just, how I botched and for real. Because I wrote that I botched it two years ago and I had the most points. Last year I had the most points and I knew I crushed it. This year I was like, this is a terrible team. I just screwed up. And then when Zeke got suspended six games, I was like, ugh. I'm definitely double buyer and I'm not even going to go and like be there to eat. So this is like a really bad situation. And then Doria starts trying to trade me for Brady. He starts trying to trade me Darren McFadden and, and Kirk Cousins for Brady and other nonsense. And now the David Johnson owner, who is probably laughing at me, is totally screwed. And I'm the Zeke owner, so I'm fine. I've got one of the top backs. And I had, I think, the second or third most points in that league again this week. Nice, yeah. My, uh, my best pickup of the week was uh, in that Stopa League. Not only did I have Mike Evans postponed and Beckham didn't play, and I went big stars and scrubs, and I got Safarian Jenkins suspended in a two-tight end league. I grabbed the outlaw, Jesse James. He uh, scored two, uh, two <laughs> touchdowns. I was pretty, pretty happy with that. But um, anyway, you want to talk? How, how, is it, how is it that people don't call him the outlaw? It just makes no sense. Or Orleans Darkwa, the dark horse. I mean, <laughs> his name is Darkwa, and he literally is like a dark horse to get carries. But then in Stopa, I think I scored the lowest score of all time in Stopa this week. I mean, it's in my defense, it's gone up to 14 teams, so there's going to be some lower scores. But I, I'm pretty sure my 47 or 57 that I posted is the lowest of all time. Why can't you do that this week? We face each other. Yeah, I don't know. We, we crushed you, Trevor, and I crushed you in uh, Wavos last week. But and, and I by the way, I scored 57, and that was with picking up Nelson Aguilar at the last second. I got me my highest score of the week. My quarterbacks are Andy Dalton, who got me like almost nothing. And then Andrew Luck, who's out. And then I picked up Cutler for all my money, who was then out. I think I knew he was out, but it didn't help me. And then my tight ends were Gronk and Graham. So I paid big bucks for those guys and they did absolutely nothing. I had Des Bryant who did nothing. I had Carlos Hyde who didn't do much. I mean, my team is, is, is pretty bad. Yeah, I'm sure they'll all bounce back this week. You know, speaking of your Giants, not only did they kill us in, in just that was just disgusting performance uh, in our uh, in Super Contest, but uh, also... Yeah, I'm so sorry I went 2-1 and one and you went 0-2. Oh I'm so sorry for that. And, they, and they, instead of the Giants, you were trying to get us to take the Niners, by the way. Yeah, I know. They, they, they didn't, I don't think they covered either. Let's um, just acknowledge that I went 2-1 and one and you went 0-2. Oh you're destroying <laughs> us. I, I, what do you mean? I was, I was all on the Rams, too. I, I definitely like the Rams. Uh, right, but so I did like... one and 2 yeah. You, you went one and two, and I went two and one. Yeah, I did like the Titans. Um, so another guy you liked, I ended up moving him up my my in, you know, my final rankings update before the season. I bumped up because I saw that you had him ranked so aggressively, but he's awful, is uh, is Paul Perkins. You, you kind of <laughs> liked him. Didn't you? Well, you know, he's the starter. I mean, he was the starter, and he was that week. It's like he's a starter on the Giants. Maybe the Giants with Marshall and Ingram and, you know, McAdoo's second year as a head coach might – be okay on offense and Dallas's D is not good. I thought, I, know. You know, I thought, you know, maybe Perkins will be all right. I mean, I don't, it's really hard to tell. I don't think he's that bad when I watch him play. It's just, they don't block well. 
Eli's terrible. McAdoo's terrible. They call plays that are predictable, and they didn't really give him a whole lot of opportunity either. So I, I don't know. I, I'm not saying he's, he's dead. He could lose the job, but there's really no reason for him to lose the job. I mean, let's see what happens. All right. Okay. Let's talk some week two lines. Okay. Well, the Thursday night game I kind of want to use. Is it possible to get your, uh, your dude in there to make the, the delivery? Uh, yeah, I can ask him. I can ask him as soon as we, we were done recording. I can ask him. I kind of like the Bengals in this game. I, you know, Thursday is always a really shitty game, and it's in part because I think the road team just can't get it together like on that short turnaround and then travel. And then you're talking about Deshaun Watson, who really was not good. He was better than Savage, whose play was just barbaric, uncivilized, well if you will. Well. Uh, but he wasn't good. And then J.J. Watt is banged up and didn't seem like his, himself off the back surgery and – the Bengals were terrible. I mean, their offensive line is really bad, but I think the Bengals' D is just going to crush the Texans, and I'm laying the wood here. Yeah, I know. Uh, Watson got more yards in his first ever drive than the Texans had the whole first half, but then he he, he was just really terrible after what he finished with 4.4 YPA, lower than Savage. Uh, I'm with you here. I also took the Bengals, and I, I will ask my guy. I'm, I'm fine with using them. I, uh, I actually used the Bengals in a, in a parlay last week i thought they were going to we take care of business against the ravens but that was extremely ugly man dalton was was just horrific so i think they bounced back in a short week and i i wouldn't be surprised if they you know held held the texans to like three points or a shutout or something so i'm with you here okay titans minus two at jaguars um go ahead you want to start yeah i'm sticking with the titans are going to be good impressive defense performance by jacksonville it's less than three, though. I mean, these division. I mean, this line seems about right, but I still think the Titans are are good. Corey Davis looks like a future star to me, so I'm sticking to my uh, Tennessee uh, theory that they're going to win this division. So I, I picked the Titans. Yeah, you, Jeff, and everybody else loves the Titans. I actually took the Titans here, also because it's less than three, and I just don't think the Jaguars' defense, which got hyped in the offseason, it looked great, but I don't think it got a a real life test. That was a amateur our quarterback and i think this is going to be very different so i also took the titans all right cool what's next browns plus seven and a half at ravens uh i took the ravens i didn't feel that strongly about it but kaiser just looked okay to me i mean he can run fantasy wise i think he's worth stashing if you want to upside qb that's fine but i just think the ravens at home are going to win by just enough but i don't feel strongly i wouldn't use this one in the contest yeah, me neither. I took the points, but um, I could see them a couple turnovers and the Ravens' fantasy D putting up a lot of points. Kaiser really held on to the ball. He took too many sacks, but he did look pretty good, though, at, at times. So I, I took the points. The Ravens just don't seem like a team that, you know, going to put the, the throttle and just t- totally blow them out. So I, I could see a backdoor cover here. I got Bills plus seven at Panthers. Again, not a strong lean here. I think the Bills are an interesting – they do some things well. They run the ball well. They block really well. But I took the Panthers. I think the Panthers crushed the Niners in San Francisco, and that was with Newton playing badly. Yeah. If Newton plays well, the Panthers are going to be good. So I actually have the Panthers winning by eight. I think we're, unlike last week, we're going to differ on a handful here. I, I read your, your column, too. I know we're different on, on a few, at least a handful. So I took the points, the Bills. Uh, Tyrod Taylor might be good. He, he, he impressed he good. me. He's good. Yeah, he's good, I think. And uh, so we'll see. As you said, they run the ball a lot. Man, I thought McCoy was out for the season when he left that game. He, he looked like he broke his hand, but uh, he, he returned. He'll probably get hurt soon enough. But I took the points here. Carolina, yeah, I mean, Cam Newton looked very, very rusty. I'm sure he will improve, but um, I took the dogs. 
Yeah. Again, this is not one I want to use and not one I'm going to fight for. All right. Uh, this one I actually kind of like, although I think you and I differ on this. I like sort of the auto back the Patriots no matter what. They covered a ridiculous clip, and I was going to do that. I started last week doing that. But I'm going to take the Saints here, man. Their D looked like shit. And if anyone can whip them back into shape in 10 days, it's, it's Belichick and the Patriots. But, I mean, they lose one guy, Donta Hightower, who's – this is what pissed me off about Survivor Pick. They lose one guy who's hurt all preseason. They knew it was a, a huge risk of getting hurt. Yeah. And the whole defense falls apart. The next play, Kareem Hunt gets like a 70-yard catch on the backup linebacker. And the whole time, the, the booth is saying, I don't know what Matt Patricia can do. He's, you know, he's got yeah. very few options. It's like, the fuck kind of team are you running that one injury-prone guy gets hurt and now it's like all hell breaks loose? Like – yeah, but for the prohibitive Super Bowl favorites, too. Yeah, that was totally bizarre. What the fuck? Anyway, again, I mean, I wouldn't doubt the Patriots will fix some of it, but in New Orleans, I mean, Breeze, you know, Breeze is a superstar at home, and I think they're going to score 30 points. So maybe the Patriots score 40. I think they'll score plenty, but I, I have uh, the Saints covering this. Yeah, I never like uh, going against the Patriots and uh, the Saints D. Uh, there was a lot of talk about them improving, but they made Sam Bradford look like, uh, you know, Peyton Manning. So uh, I, I actually do not differ with you. I, no, I took the Saints too. At okay. home, they're just totally different beasts. So, I mean, okay. we can, you wanna, do you want to use that one possibly? Yeah, and I think o- almost no one will use it in the contest. Right. So it'll be a way to right. like get up one if we, obviously we'll be fucked if we lose it, but it'll be an <laughs> aggressive move now that we're two and three and in dire straits. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Let's use it. All right. Uh, Cardinals minus seven and a half at Colts. I mean, this is a joke. I, I, I don't, want to back either of these teams, but I took the Colts. I just felt like seven and a half with the Cardinals with no David Johnson, that's a garbage team. And they could be playing like a, you know, baseball team. And I'd probably still take the, the points. Yeah. They, they all this talk about Palmer's arm, you know, was rejuvenated and feels uh, better than it has in years. And he was just awful last week. He was truly abysmal. Um, but I, uh, I, I laid the points just, I don't know who's starting. Tolzine just looked so bad. But that probably is a savvy move to take the, the Colts coming off that game as home dogs. Uh, I, it's unclear if Arizona is any good. But for now, with that quarterback situation in Indy, um, I, I was the sucker, and I, and I took the cards. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't feel good about it. I mean, I'm hoping it's Jacoby Brissett because you couldn't do any worse than Tolzien. I mean, it was, it was abominable. So, yeah, it was really ugly. Yeah. All right. Oh, and by the way, the Palmer thing cracks me up because I was not on Palmer. I was like, this guy's going down the Peyton Manning career path where in 2015 he was like Peyton 2013. And then last year, he really slipped, just like Peyton did at the end of 2014. And then this year, you know, everybody's trying to make the case for Peyton in 2015. Like, I don't know, he'll bounce back. He was just kind of hurt at the end of the year. He wasn't really himself. And he didn't. He was finished. He was totally finished the year they won. The, they happened to win the Super Bowl that year, but had nothing to do with him. And the same thing, I think, I was like, Palmer's on that path. And then in the preseason, all these supposed sharps were like, oh, no, Palmer's the sneaky play. I've got Palmer as my breakout guy. They all started saying that, and I started thinking, oh, maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe, you know, maybe Palmer's fine. But, you know, it just it usually is what it looks like. You know, old guy collapsing in his last couple of seasons. I mean, it's usually what it looks like. I mean, that Detroit secondary allowed an NFL high uh, passer rating last year, like 106.5, which was higher than Aaron Rodgers's, by the way. So, I right. mean, he's facing in a dome, you know, that means so – uh, so it's arm strength, you know, controlled climate against that. I mean, maybe they improved or something, but literally the worst last year. So that that's pretty discouraging if you're a Cardinals fan or a Palmer owner. Yeah, and that and David Johnson being out for the year. Yeah. All right, uh, Eagles plus five at Chiefs. This was again not a strong one. I, it sucks that Barry's hurt because that was just such a 
such a huge part of the D, but I still took the Chiefs. Ten days for Andy Reid, good enough for me. Yeah, boy, uh, we used Washington last week, I believe, and that was uh, this Philadelphia defense is just the real deal. Um, I don't know if it w- Wentz on the road, what's he, you know, I guess he was last week too. But are they the uh, real deal I, though? Are they the real deal? I mean, that one fumble touchdown was not that. It was not. He was arm was coming forward. Cousins threw just a totally unforgivable pick uh, in deep in Eagles territory for no reason. I don't know if the Eagles D is that great. We'll see. I mean, uh, make of it what you will, but they, they ranked number four overall in DVOA last know, year. But so. that DVOA I, shit, I mean, come on with that shit already. I don't know. Maybe they're onto something, and they added some pieces in the offseason. I don't know. I think this defense could actually be be pretty good. So I, I took the Eagles, but this is definitely a stay-away game for me. I, 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 yeah, it's a coin flip for me. When is DVOA, or one of those metrics, vastly outperformed the eye test? Like, I'm trying to think. Like, there's many times when teams like the Giants won the Super Bowl or the Ravens went on one of those runs that you're like, holy shit, like that team is way better than their metrics right now. That happens all the time. We see it. Teams go on a surge or teams with great metrics collapse. Not, not that I follow those metrics that much, but I, I can almost never remember a team like the Eagles who were like fourth in DVOA and, and nobody believed it, like going ahead and winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, of course, and, and of course, teams change in, in the middle of the season. They can change. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's obviously tough to, to be fully predictive, but I don't know. It's an interesting thing. I mean, I, I didn't realize that the Eagles are ranked that high. And then I kind of took a more close look and they uh, may, maybe they are the team that, that really breaks out this season. Who knows? Who knows? I hear what you're saying, though. Yeah, I mean, they want to know. We'll see. They won it on the road. All right. Vikings plus six and a half at Steelers. I'm pretty sure who you have, but I think it's the nutless monkey play. But go ahead. Uh, this is another tough one for me. I don't feel strong at all. Uh, but I, I took the Vikings in the points there. Speaking of a good defense, it's uh, Minnie's defense looked good. And maybe maybe Sam Bradford's okay. Yeah, I mean, he could be a post-hype sleeper that finally is in a consistent system for a second year and not hurt and bouncing around so much with different coaches and different teams. But and, – and he was great. I mean, he was – I watched that game and he was zipping the ball around and he was, yeah, he was. I mean, and it was accurate and really good, but that was also against the saints defense at home. Like it doesn't get better than that. This is a road game in Pittsburgh. It's going to be much harder. There's going to be many more people uh, hitting him and around him. And I'm not going to say he's, that it's no chance that that's for real, but I would just say, just put it this way. Let's say instead of Bradford playing the schedule, he's playing, you knew he just had 16 games against the saints and at home every week. Like what? Where would you rank him if you if like before the season, before even seeing the performance? Number one, not one, but like you know, like five, right? Like he'd be like top five quarterback because he'd be like he plays the Saints at home every week. Like the Saints' average YPA allowed is like eight something. Yeah, no, I I I wasn't really joking. I think he might be number one, right? Well, he doesn't run, but whatever. Yeah, he'd be in the conversation. So like that's you know we can't really take that game. He looked great. I mean, you know, he was delivering those passes, but that's how it looks. You know what I mean? That's how 8.9 or whatever. He had like 10 point something YPA in that game. But that's how it looks. Yeah, and no, I don't know. Uh, Diggs looks healthy and good, and they got some weapons with, with Cook. Looked pretty good. So um, I, I don't know. Pittsburgh's a totally different beast at home, though, and it's a short travel week coming off a Monday night game. So it's not the greatest setup for Minnesota. But I think they're a solid team, and I think they keep this close. I'm taking the Steelers. Steelers okay. at home, different animal. And it'll be a good test for the Vikings D, but I think Martavis Bryant has a big one. And they can't hold all of them down. Okay, fair enough. Bears plus six and a half at Bucks. 
I took the Bucks by half a point. I mean, this is – I just felt like Mike Glennon sucks. There's no receivers. Tampa can score some points, and I just don't think the Bears can keep up. Yeah, it looks like the line's moved to seven in most places. Um, I, I took the points. Um, I took the Bears. I did, this is another tough one for me. I could see Tampa Bay blowing them out. But uh, the Bears are actually kind of interesting. They, have, they don't have the worst front seven. And uh, and this uh, Cohen guy looks like the real deal. So, I mean, Glennon, you know, obviously not good. But uh, I, I think it's, they, they can keep this within a touchdown. I mean, who are the Bucks? you know? I mean, who? I don't know if they're even – I don't know what they're going to be. I know there are a lot of – uh, favorite to people's uh, sleeper team, but but we'll see. So uh, I held my nose and took the dog here. Yeah, they lost. The Bears lost Jarrell Freeman, I think, for the year. So that was right. also a big blow. Um, okay, Dolphins plus four and a half at Chargers. Who do you like here? Uh, I took the I took the points and I took Miami. Even though I, I do like the Chargers, I, I picked them to win that division. I think they're going to be really interesting this year. Should be. Uh, I'm curious to see the stadium. Supposedly they're playing while they're building another stadium. It's supposedly like really, really small for football standards. So that that should be interesting. Um, but they're also a team that doesn't really like blow out teams a lot. They just they let the other team come back. So I I, I predict the Chargers win this game, and, and it looks like they're comfortably dominating. But at the end, you look up and they only win by a field goal. Yeah, I have the Dolphins winning outright. I, yeah. I don't think there's much home field advantage. I mean, it's L.A. None of the San Diego people. They're probably pissed. Right. They're not going to be there. And then, like, L.A., it's a bunch of fucking Hollywood. Like, oh, I got the first ever home game to the Chargers in their small stadium. You want to go? Like, it's just going to be, like, a business thing. It's not going to be real fans. And then you know, all those people will be high anyway because it's L.A. And then they're going to leave early. You know, it's just not It's, it's not going to be, like, a raucous home crowd. L.A. is arguably the worst sports town. And so I think it's, like, almost on a neutral field. And they're used to that, though, the Chargers. They're used to that, yeah, that nobody giving a shit. So I, I think the Dolphins are good. I think that we'll see about Cutler, but he knows Gase's system, so he doesn't need a whole lot of work to get caught up. I think they have a lot of weapons, and I think, they will, uh, I think they'll win this game. All right. Yep. We agree. Okay. Uh, maybe we can use it. We'll, we'll table that. Jets plus 14 at Raiders. Who, what do you think here? I took the points. Uh, I, I keep going against the Raiders, and they keep proving me wrong. But that's a pretty massive spread for a team without a good defense. I mean, uh, I wouldn't shock me if they just totally blew them out. But so that's a that's a pretty big spread. So I, I, I took the points of the Jets. I took the Raiders. It, you know, the Raiders. I don't love the Raiders, but I think that it's tailor made for this game. Like the Raiders D isn't very good, but how are the Jets going to really exploit that? Yeah, that man, their weapons for McCown are just just they awful. Don't uh, have weapons, and then and and Khalil Mack will be in the backfield all day. And then on the you know the Raiders' offense, like Carr doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Like he's not great, but he's accurate and doesn't take chances. Which the only way the Jets are going to stay in this game is with a turnover or two. So maybe there's a letdown from the Raiders and they come out flat, and the Jets kind of take it to them for two and a half quarters, and they win by ten. But I think the Raiders are just going to crush. I didn't ever get the little Powell love in fantasy community. People just loved him, and I'm like, what? <laughs> watch when Matt Forte comes out to start the game, which he did, and he's still there. You know, he's alive. He's the goal line guy. So, and it's a terrible, terrible team. I, I just didn't quite get the the Powell love, and 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 apparently, rightfully so, because he doesn't look like he's going to be much of a of an option. Well, he uh, was one of the, besides Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson for like eight weeks. He was like the number three back in PPR or something. Last yeah, year. but wasn't wasn't Forte out? Forte was out, but they just thought, okay, well, Forte's thirty-one. They obviously have no purpose in keeping him. They don't really have any purpose in keeping Powell, who's twenty-nine either. But they thought, like, you know, maybe he would take over. But yeah, Forte's one of those guys that's kind of hard to kill off. 
He's just yeah. one of those nagging veterans. Like, remember Thomas Jones when Jamal Charles yeah. was there? And it's like, fucking Thomas Jones. Like, he just won't go away. And Forte is just like that. Yeah, exactly. All right. So we're split on that. Uh, Redskins plus two and a half at Rams. Who'd you take there? Who did I take here? Um, I, yeah, this is, the, this is about what the line should be. It's, it's less than three, so I took the Rams. I don't love it. But, man, McVay has that offense looking a lot better. What do you make of Gurley? I mean, he put up 96 points. Um, Sorry, 96 yards from scrimmage, but man, 2.1 yards per carry. The team scored 36 points at home against the Colts. If I own Gurley, which I don't anywhere, I would be discouraged despite the you know the solid stat line. And he looked good on that TD run. I mean, he fought hard and he was originally stopped. But man, I, I'm, I'd be a little bit more than a little concerned. I mean, I didn't watch that whole game, but from what I watched, he seemed to be moving pretty well. Like he ran yeah. well. I, I didn't see him get stuffed a ton. He obviously did to get 21 for 40. But when he was running, he looked quick and spry and powerful. So I'm not too worried. We'll see what happens this game. This will be a good test. Who'd you take? I took the Redskins. I, I think that uh, the Rams played a triple-A team this week, and yeah. I just think we're probably overreacting to that. And so I took the Redskins. Yeah, it's a good buy low, sell high, too, with Washington yeah. looking terrible, too. So I could see it. And it was a lot of fluke stuff why they lost Washington. I mean, again, Cousins just threw away a pick for no reason. And then there was that bullshit fumble touchdown that wasn't even a fumble. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that was an incomplete pass, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just dumb. Um, okay, so this is my best bet. Um, Cowboys minus two at Broncos. I, I just, why isn't this plus three? Why are the Cowboys laying points in Denver? You tell me. No, I have no idea. I'm with you. We're using this one for sure. Um, Denver at home. Uh, De- yeah, I mean, Dallas is they're a good team, obviously. I mean, won 12 games last year. They look great in prime time, but still, they have a shaky defense. And, and I mean, having to travel to Denver? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. All right. That, that's, like, obvious. Uh, Niners plus 13 and a half at the Seahawks. I took the Seahawks. I, the Seahawks' offense is really stupid. It's like Russell Wilson gets the ball, and since they're so bad at blocking, he's running for his life. And he either runs with it or he throws the ball to somebody while moving as fast as he possibly can. And he's actually capable of doing it. Like, he's really good. But that is not a – that's not an easy offense to run. So I, I just think that's a really weird thing. Against the Niners, I think it'll probably be enough because they'll just shut him down. But I, I, I laid the points, but it was, it was actually a hard call for me. Man, I, I watched a lot of that game last week. Well, there were only three games on at the end of the afternoon, but – I, uh, I had a lot of Russell Wilson in DFS, and man, that was just ugly. At halftime, it was nearly scoreless. They got a field goal at the very end there, but the over-under in that game was like 50, the Packers and the Seahawks, and it was just really bad. That offensive line's a joke. They can't run the ball, and please just go ahead and drop Eddie Lacy if he's on your fantasy team. He's done. But um, I'm, I'm going to fight for this to use this in one of our picks. Uh, I made the Seahawks my, my best bet. Uh, boy, the Niners, maybe they're moving in the right direction, but... Hoyer was not good, and that, that team is still just it's, – it's, it's ugly. And in, in Seattle, coming off a loss, I mean, I, I expect this to be a huge blowout. And uh, Reuben Foster, of course, is a 49ers fan. One thing to get excited about, you know, he fell at the end of the first round. He looked like a monster, and then he gets carted off the field. So he, luckily, it was just a high ankle sprain and not an Achilles, which I thought he blew. But he's not going to be playing in this game. So uh, let's use Seattle. And, uh, I, again, I expect a, a, a blowout here. That's fine. No problem with that. All right. Pat, Sunday night Packers plus two and a half at Falcons. This is, I, if it were three, it was like a no brainer Packers for me, even though the Falcons beat them in the playoffs last year. But at two and a half, I had to think about it, but I still took the Packers. 
Yeah, Green Bay has to play Seattle and then travel to Atlanta. That's not the easiest opening. But I, I took Atlanta, but this was an absolute coin flip for me. Two and a half points and, a, and an over-under at 54. So the points matter less. But and as you said, not not it's under the field goal. Maybe that enticed me to, to be the difference because you're right. If it was three, I would have taken the Packers. So this is a stay-away game for me, even though I'm sure I will end up gambling on it because it's the, the night game. But But I took Atlanta. Yeah, it's a stay-away game for you in theory, but in reality, it's a game where exactly. you bet. Exactly. The reason, the thing that swayed me is Rodgers is so sharp, and I know he's much better at home, and maybe he won't play as well in Atlanta, but you see when Seattle was trying to stop them from running at the clock, like, he just killed them. Scramble four oh. yards here, yeah. yes. throw it to Jordy Nelson at, like, so quick release, like, while he's covered, and just a five-yard completion that nobody can stop. It was just, it was, I was watching, and I was like, man... He's unstoppable to get those two first downs to run the entire clock out. And the D was playing well. They were on everything. It was Seattle's D. But they just couldn't stop him. So maybe on the road it won't be the same thing, but that's what kind of swayed me. Yeah, I know that was frustrating because, like I said, I was rooting for Russell Wilson to get some, some more yardage there. And they just, yeah, how long was that drive? It was like five minutes, wasn't it? They just could not get a stop on third down. It was just, I mean, he killed them. It was, it was I, I, you know, I was just rooting for Seattle to you know, backdoor cover if they got a, you know, they, they would have been, if they scored eight, I think they would have pushed or something. So I was like hoping for that, but they just snuffed it out. All right, last one. Very strange line. Lions plus four at Giants. It's not even it's not even definite that Odell Beckham will play. How are the Giants four point favorites against the Lions when the Lions beat Arizona pretty soundly and the Giants got the Giants didn't even show up in Dallas? Yeah, very frustrating for Odell Beckham owners. I mean, they play, play a Sunday night game and then a Monday night game. I mean, why can't it just be a, a first game here when he's questionable? That's just really annoying. But, um, yeah, I'm with you. But I, I took the Giants just because that line just seems so out of place. And, and obviously people were going to be buying Detroit and selling the Giants. So I just thought it was a little a little wacky that it was more than, the, than just the standard three. So I took the points. I'm sure you as a homer did as well. I'm sorry. I laid the points. Sorry. Yeah, I, I laid the points. I, I did as a homer, but I also, it was like, okay, the Lions are obviously the right value, but why is this so off? So I, I sort of normally don't care what Vegas thinks, but because it's my team, I just pretended to care what Vegas thinks, and I did uh, lay the points. It, it is a bizarre line, and we don't even know. I mean, Stefani Bell was on our show today, and she said it's 50-50. Like she doesn't know if Beckham's going to play. Ugh. So, I mean, without Beckham, that team is horrific. I mean, they don't have anything. I wonder if Marshall's done or if it just, that was Eli's captain check down. I mean, what, what was that? That was bizarre. He didn't have a catch until like 20 seconds left. Yeah, I, uh, one of the Giants beat writers who I don't really respect that much, but he did kind of a decent job breaking down the Marshall routes and like studying the in-depth game film where you're not just watching on TV, but you actually see like everybody, uh, said that Marshall was open a bunch of times and he diagrammed it and took screenshots. He actually did a pretty good job. This guy, Jordan Brandon, I think he's super annoying because he kind of buys into that Beckham distraction bullshit and he's kind of an idiot but but he actually did a good that was like good reporting like he actually broke it down and showed photos of, of plays where marshall was open and so i'm gonna you know that was eye-opening that marshall had steps and that you know, eli was either under pressure or just made bad decisions or just didn't see him and eli's is, is not good so you know the offensive line is poor the running game is poor eli's bad the offensive coach is bad and if beckham isn't 100 percent their receivers are actually below average. So this is a bottom-of-the-barrel offense unless you have a totally healthy Beckham. Even then, it was 25th in, in uh, yards per play last year. But the D is, to me, top five in the league. And they even held up well against Dallas. They just got worn down. They didn't, like, shred them or anything. So 
I'm laying the wood, but I, I don't feel great about it. Yeah, no, you get this Lions team outdoors. So, um, yeah, I, I'm with you, though. I, I, so what, what five are we going with? We got Bengals. Yep. Saints. Yep. Broncos. It's three. Yep. Seahawks. It's four. And then the fifth is we got to come up with one. You want to go Miami? Yeah, it's really weird. I don't love it, but it is probably my strongest one per the scores. But I'm a little bit of a Dolphins, like, yeah, you I, are. I, I've been like touting them, and, and I, who the fuck knows, right? They I mean it's Cutler's. It's fucking Jay Cutler coming out of retirement, you know, like <laughs> coming off the couch. I mean, it's pretty crazy on the road for his first game after being delayed. It, it's a lot of faith to put in Adam Gase. So it would either be what well, the tight. It could be the Titans or the Dolphins. Those would be the two, right? That we agree on. Okay. Yeah. Or the Giants. Yeah, I, I don't feel good about the Giants with Beckham kind of sketch, and, get, and we have to lock it in tomorrow to get the Bengals. Yeah, hopefully, in. Oh, yeah, hopefully, we're, yeah. Maybe um, I think the the Lions come out this afternoon for the for the wet, for the Super Contest. Maybe hopefully that's four and a half. The Charger one. We'll, I'll, I'll take. That's a what look. I got here is four and a half. All right, let's do the okay. Dolphins. I'll, I'll stand by. Okay. It. Let's do the Dolphins. Okay, cool. Done and done. All right. Let's do better this week. Come on. All right, man. Cool. All right, litterless. Take it easy, Don.